Hello and welcome to the Taste Uber Music Podcast. I'm Diana Lynn. After a 40-year career in corporate America, I took a huge U-turn and became a volunteer DJ on 90.1 FM KKFI, Kansas City Community Radio. Since 2010, I've been the host, programmer, and engineer of a weekly Americana Roots music show, The Tasty Brew. With this podcast, I'll be sharing conversations with artists and music industry insiders with the goal of entertaining and educating the listening audience, all while giving a voice to the music makers that are underserved or ignored by mainstream media. My friend Courtney Patton is a storyteller. She's also a mother, a wife, a producer, a singer, a songwriter, a tour van driver, and a musician, as well as a world traveler when she's out on tour throughout the continental US, Canada, and Europe. In a musical era in which cliches and bravado are the norm, Courtney is far more brave in peeling back highly personal and emotional open book songs, delivering them with sensitivity and sentiment. As you'll hear in this recent conversation I had with Courtney on my radio show, she's on the road again after spending a very challenging but productive year, raising her two children while co-founding a new nonprofit during a pandemic. Hmm, that sounds familiar. As you'll hear in our conversation, the Sequestered Songwriters Relief Fund was an idea born out of the COVID-19 pandemic. The mission of the Sequestered Songwriters Relief Fund is to provide emergency relief funds for full-time Americana musicians in need. A group of songwriting friends gathered together, virtually, to participate in an online guitar poll to celebrate Merle Haggard on his birthday. The following week, John Prine died, and the group again gathered virtually to pay tribute to him. None of the songwriters wanted to stop, and the fans were just as excited, so the weekly tributes continued. Fans started asking about how they could financially support the endeavor. As none of the musicians wanted any kind of compensation for the amount of fun they were having, the idea to start a nonprofit that would benefit songwriters in future financial crises seemed like the perfect solution. Next up, the Sequestered Songwriters Festival to be held on October the 17th, 2021 in Justin, Texas. Enjoy my conversation with my friend, Courtney Patton. you miss Courtney you got me oh my goodness I hope you're feeling well enough and that are, are you by yourself are you driving I am by myself I'm great I pulled over because I have full service and I thought that's probably the smart thing to do yeah yeah well I'm so glad to hear your voice I miss you so much oh my gosh I miss you too it's been way too long it's been way too long and so much has happened since the last time I've seen you but you know, know I'm so grateful for your music and and this sequestered songwriters effort that you started during the pandemic. And for those of the listeners that may not be familiar with Courtney and her music, I first came to know her. It's probably been five or six years ago now when you made a quick run with Jason Eady, who is now your husband, and he was playing in the gospel lounge right. at Muggleheads. And you came down from the green room to sit in on just like one song. And, and uh, I remember Art White and I looked at each other and went, who was that? She's <laughs> she's fabulous. Oh, man. That was 2000, okay, I want to say it was 2013, if you can believe that. No, I, I really can't. And, of course, you know, know, so much has happened since then. And you have experienced COVID yourself in December. I, I, I got it in January. But you're going to be playing Knuckleheads tonight. So it's one of your kind of first forays back out onto the road. It since is. It's the first time I've been on the road by myself in a year. And I think the, 
one of the last runs that I did before the pandemic hit was also this run. So I'm excited to be back. Knuckleheads is one of my favorite places in the whole entire world. Of course, I love Frank so much, and I love all you guys in the Kansas City area, and it feels so good to just be on the road and, you know, listening to podcasts and music and getting excited to come play some songs that I wrote over the last year, because, I mean, what else were you to do with all that time? Well, I was going <laughs> to ask you, you know, if you have, have got new music and that if you have plans to get it recorded or if you've already got it recorded, you just kind of kind of wait to release it. So what happened, uh, I had I had a few songs and I was starting to talk about doing a project at home because, you know, we were never home. So the idea was I was going to hire an engineer to come into the house and just invite some session musicians over and set up. Uh, we have a really cool old home in Texas where we live and uh thought we could just set up one mic in the middle of the room and just kind of play like you would if you were sitting in the songwriter circle and make a record kind of the old-fashioned way. And then we got put on lockdown. And we, I think it lasted longer than any of us in, in our industry, you know, the music industry, ever anticipated it lasting, you know, because a lot of people around us were still working throughout this, but we weren't. And so the longer we sat at home, the more depressing it was to think of taking this <laughs> creative venture and, and releasing it in my house that I'd been trapped in for a year. So, and just the financial burden of not being able to work that long also kind of thwarted that plan. So, I, I'm in the process of trying to make some money and sell some house concerts and put that money aside to make a record. I do have enough songs. I wrote quite a bit on the break, and I'm I'm ready. It's been, gosh, 2018 was when my last record came out. So, it's been, it's been a minute, and I'm ready to get these new songs out there. I would say in the next six months that that will happen. Some capacity that will be in the studio. I can tell you that from the perspective of someone who's on the air and getting a lot of music, there was like the six-month period when the lockdown first occurred where the music, the new music came down to a trickle. You know, people might have been sitting on something in the can, but they decided to hold on to it until they decided. Or, or, and then all of a sudden, a lot of folks decided, you know, I'm not going to wait anymore. I'm going to go ahead and release this, even if it's just one song at a time. And then I'll start doing live stream concerts, whatever I can do in support of it since sure. I can't go out on the road. So everybody's had to kind of shift and pivot and adapt and I I, sure. I keep hate using that word pivot all the time and I promised myself I would never say right. in unprecedented yeah. times again but um, I wonder if we can talk for just a second since I was crazy and started a nonprofit to elevate the art of the song and songwriting during a pandemic. You essentially started a nonprofit as well, correct? With we the sequestered songwriters. Yeah. Wonder if you could talk to our listeners a little bit about how that started, how it's evolved, and if you have plans to continue it once things do open up again. Okay, Jason, Edie, my husband, and I were sitting around uh, the house. It was it was the end of March, so we had to have just started, and we were just idle and bored. And, and we said, hey, Merle Haggard's birthday is coming up. What if we called a couple of our buddies and, and to see if they wanted to do an online hag-off? So a hag-off is what we call when we get in a hotel room or at a festival when we all end up in a jam afterwards together or like at Knuckleheads for hours. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and sit around and pass the guitar and play Merle Haggard songs. And so we call it Hag Till You Gag or Merle Till You Hurl. And it's how, how who's going to be the last one that can't think of a Merle Haggard song? And that, that game has gone on for hours and hours. And so we called a couple of buddies. I want to say there were probably only eight of us the first.
first week and we sang Merle Haggard songs and then the next week we lost John Prime which just broke all of our heart and it really helped us to realize that this thing is bigger than any of us had imagined it could be this virus and so we said we reached out to that same group and said hey would you guys want to do John Prime songs next week and they all said yes and so we said okay let's do it on Monday again and let's just do the same thing and then we started our buddy Matt Hilliard from 1100 Springs which is a great Texas honky tonk band he said we should create a one stop place where people can go and watch all of us because we were going live from our own Facebook pages singing a song and then passing it off to the next person so he created a Facebook page where we would be able to still go live from our own page but share it on this other page and so next thing you know we continue to lose people that inspired us and unfortunately a lot of those weeks the artist picked themselves but we have been doing I want to say this next week will be 51 50 51 weeks like we've almost reached the one year mark of how many times we have gone live together to tribute an artist that inspired us and people kept uh, messaging us saying please you know keep this going don't stop what do we have to pay to keep you guys from you know quitting this and our collective thought was we don't do this for the money we're doing this so we can see our friends and hear them sing and feel like we're still together even though we're not start a nonprofit. and the idea behind that was taking any funds that would have been tips or donations uh, that they would have wanted to give to the artists and we put it in a fund and we're in the process of the IRS just sent us a letter this week so we're it is a very long and arduous process getting approved to be a 501c3 so we're an official nonprofit, but we're still waiting on that 501c3 designation but we the hope is that we have a fund that will help musicians that are in any kind of emergency financial crisis and it was it was stemmed from the pandemic but it wasn't meant to be pandemic related it was meant to be if, if they were in a car accident or if they had a medical emergency whatever it was that would take them off the road and give them the ability to pay their bills and and it's something that our friends in Oklahoma which I'm driving through right now they have the red dirt relief fund and it's paid for artists funerals it's paid for medical bills it's paid for stuff like that for them we don't have anything like that in Texas really yeah, we and have so, we have one here like that in Kansas City called the Midwest Music Foundation that is for you perfect. know emergency needs for our Kansas City area musicians so it's 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 yes. such a, a great way to spend your Monday night and I, I will tell you that from the standpoint of someone who's a fan of the music, I have been introduced to songwriters that I didn't know and have, right. you know, since been able to check them out and, and bring them into the fold here on, on this particular radio station and on this radio show. So thank you so much for for doing that. Do you anticipate, uh, getting back to the sequestered songwriters, do you anticipate continuing that once you all are back on the road and things return? So it's been a bit of, yeah, it's been a bit of a challenge kind of we, we had said it needs to come to a natural end you know so we the goal was to make it to a year so on April the 5th we'll do one more Merle Haggard tag off in, in honor of the, the way that it all started and then maybe go to once a month after that it I think all of us are, are really going to go through some PTSD from that because like I said and like you said it's been a tradition every single week since it started and it's really gotten me personally through some very dark, deep valleys that I would not have been able to navigate without the music and the friendship that came from the sequestered songwriters. So I don't want to see it end. I don't know. It is a ton of work that Jason and I do every week to get that thing going. So maybe, maybe it will, maybe it'll go down to once a month. Maybe we won't be able to, <laughs> to 
to miss each other for that long. I, I think it might be twice a month, but it needs to it needs to kind of peter out just a little bit. And then we do have big plans to make a sequestered songwriters festival out of this. And so hopefully, uh, again, COVID and the restrictions have put those plans on hold. But we are looking at the fall in the Dallas Fort Worth area to do our first one, and we want it to be you know as many of those artists. Like I said, we started with maybe eight eight or ten songwriters. Now we have a hundred artists that are in the spreadsheet that we contact every week. You know, we try to cap it off around 30 artists every week just to make it a three-hour show. Because you start but, at 6. Um, you start at 6 p.m. and go at least until 9 or 9.30 yeah, most absolutely. weeks. We had one. We had one night that we did for a local children's hospital as a benefit. They had to cancel their big fundraiser, which is, a, I think, the biggest fundraiser that the, the hospital, the, the NICU primarily, was beneficiaries of that. And they were looking to buy cameras for these cribs so that parents could see their children because they weren't allowed to be at the hospital because they're the most susceptible, you know, to if that virus were to come into that NICU, it would be terribly, terribly hard for them. So we were able to buy 24 crib cams with that fundraiser we did through Sequestered Songwriters. And it just, I mean, I've cried to have oh, tears goodness. as much as I have bad tears because of how generous the listeners have been and just the giving of, I mean, I can't say it enough that these artists have given of their time every single week to be a part of this and ask absolutely nothing in return. We have certainly found that to be the case as well with our Heartland Song Network, with the musicians who are hurting probably worse than anybody in our community in terms of not being able to work and create or generate yeah. any income. Um, they're always the first to, to volunteer and say, what do yeah. you need and what can we do? So good on you. It's got to it's it's really make incredible. you feel really well. Absolutely. I have chill bumps. I wish you could spend very move um, the generosity of the artist. It's very, very humbling and it makes you so thankful to be surrounded by people with hearts like that. You know, so we, we are definitely the ones that benefit from, from that. Yeah. Uh, whether we get a penny, ever see a penny from it or not, it just feels so good to be surrounded by people that have the same desire to give back. You know, it's really humbling. Well, I think it will come back to you tenfold. Um, <laughs> you know, it may not be this week or next next month, but karma can be a wonderful thing, as, you know, as well as Absolutely. on the opposite end of things. So how are your kids doing through this? I, I know I, I kind of follow you on Facebook, yeah. and my gosh, they're both taller than you are now. They are 11. They are full-on teenagers. My son gets his driver's license in just a few weeks, which is terrifying. But he he has worked. You know, he took this opportunity, and it's very it's been very impressive to see how they've managed this big change in their lives. But he worked during the pandemic. He would get his schoolwork done in the morning, and then he went and built hay, and he worked at a feed ranch from every break. He's, he's working all spring break. Like he, I think he realized how much he hates being bored and sitting home and being idle is not is not good for him and so he really was able to make a lot of money and he bought his first pickup during the pandemic which is just unbelievable to me as a mom whose daddy gave her her first car um, that my son used his hard-earned money and bought a pickup all by himself and then my daughter is she's just such a creative mess she learned to make candles and you know uh, lotions and <laughs> all sorts of things during the break and she's taught herself things on the piano and just they, they have really navigated this well they're sick of the math they're sick of you know the restrictions that come come with it but but they're good kids and they they know that this is going to come to an end and i think hopefully seeing how sick their mom got you know that they'll be compassionate if this thing has to keep it math i think they're assuming that since texas lifted the order that they get to go back to school monday without their masks on and, and the district has already said there's a good chance that it's not going to happen 
So we'll see. We'll see. I pray I pray that they are able to be compassionate through this. You know, I can't imagine being a kid in this new world. It's definitely different than anything I'm sure any of us have ever been through. So. I'm talking to Courtney Patton. She is a singer-songwriter out of Texas and is on her way up to Kansas City to play a show tonight at Knuckleheads. You know, one of the, one of the things I didn't think I realized before I was kind of refreshing my memory by going down the rabbit hole of your website and, and your presence on social media, you also say that uh, it says in your bio that you're a producer so have you produced other artists or have you do you produce your own work when you go into the studio I produced my my last record by myself. The record before uh, a friend of mine, Drew Kennedy, another sequester songwriter, he produced my second record, and my first record was produced by Jamie Lynn Wilson and another one of her friends, John Silva, who used to be a drummer in her first band, The Gougers. But we, I wanted to do it myself. I had done some vocal production on Jason's records before and felt like I had a bit of a knack. I learned a whole lot going through that process. I am very much, I know what I want, and it's very hard for me to put it into words. I get When I get frustrated, I cry. I get really emotional. <laughs> I, I liked being in charge so that I didn't feel those frustrations and, and have a harder time communicating what I needed. I was able to hire the musicians that I wanted and let them do what they do best, and it really worked itself out, you know. But I, I had to learn a lot about hiring people you trust and then just letting people do their job that you hired them to do, and that, that was a big lesson for me. I think I would like to try doing it again, maybe on this next record, or maybe work with a friend as a co-producer, you know, because when you hire somebody to produce your record, you should let them do what they hear, and I've never been very good at that, as my friends will attest to <laughs> learning I'm just kind of interested, you know, a lot of the local artists that we have have had to self-produce their own records and, and do not have the wherewithal yeah. or the access to a producer, you know, so-called producer. Yeah. And one of our local artists here, Kelly Hunt, has been able to get Dirk Powell to do her, uh, She's he's producing her, her latest album. And so I, I just kind of wondered if you had any aspirations to produce other artists if you were not going to you know, be out on the road yourself all that, you know, that much. Yeah, I, I would love to. I, I have a buddy, Larry Hooper. He's, you probably recognize his name. He's the guy I co-write with more than anyone. He He's helped me finish some of the songs that have done the best for me. He is a great songwriter, and he was in the process of also putting out a record when all this stuff locked down, and I was going to produce his record. And so that would have been the first time that I was a complete producer on something that wasn't mine mm-hmm. or related to me. So I was very excited for that opportunity, and hopefully we'll still get to do it in the future. But yeah, I would love to do it. I, I, I think I have a good ear and, and have a good connection to a lot of great musicians, but I'm not technically savvy. I would have to have a really great engineer because I could never sit in front of a board and push buttons. I, yeah. I would be more on the create, creative end of it and then let somebody else do all the technical stuff, you know. But, yeah, I don't know. I would like to. I think my favorite thing to do is sing harmony, and I got to do a lot of that during the break. Friends would just send me tracks, and Jason would, he bought all the setup, like a really great microphone and a little input box and we were able to record vocals at home and so I, I sang on a Mike and the Moon Pies record I sang on an Adam Hood record I sang on a Wade Bowen project got Walt Wilkins it was really really fun to get to work from home and do that and they would just email the tracks over we'd load it up I'd sing on it and send it back and just super duper fun and easy and made me realize how much I love singing harmony <laughs> my first experience with you you know is, is when you came down from the green room and, and sang harmony with Jason <laughs> One of the
the songs that I'm, I'm that I've queued up that I'm going to play after you we hang up today and I send you back on the road is a tune that I came across with Eric Willis where you're singing harmonies with him. Oh yeah, I love that yeah. song. Break on through, I think, is the name of the tune. Oh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna play that. I'm gonna I'm gonna I am so enjoying this. I mean, I literally could talk to you for an hour, but I don't want to make you I late. Know. I don't want I Frank Hicks so even mad at me because you because because you were late, and I so appreciate no, I won't you. Be late. I'm actually gonna get there in time to take a nap. I'm such an adult. Oh good. Well, you know, self care <laughs> is something that I'm learning at this. I've got a big milestone birthday this year, and and one of the things that I've learned in this last year, coincidentally, I've retired from you know full time employment in the last year. It's kind of right. coincidentally, but I have learned the fine art of napping, and I, I highly recommend it. Just pay attention to your body. You've been through a lot Absolutely. this last year emotionally. At, yeah. You know, as an artist that's trying to make a living, you've got two kids still at home, and you're trying to run a business and a, and a nonprofit. So please, please, please take care of yourself. And I can't wait to give you a big yes, old ma'am. hug one of these days. Oh, How they can access your music and information about sure. all things Courtney Patton. So CourtneyPatton.com. Uh, it's got my tour schedule and should have ticket links to all upcoming shows. I, I look to be back next time, probably around September in the area. And I unfortunately had to cancel a show last night uh, in Springfield, Missouri, and I know we rescheduled that for September 9th. So hopefully that lines up that I can come back up this way and do Knuckleheads again that same weekend. That would be awesome. I'm not sure. I'll talk to Frank tonight. But CourtneyPatton.com, you can follow Sequestered Songwriters on Facebook. Just type in Sequestered Songwriters, and you, like Diana said, you'll have the access to a ton of maybe lesser-known independent artists that have been singing the songs of people like Aretha Franklin and James Taylor and Bonnie and Raitt, George Green. Willie Nelson, I mean, the names go on. We, I have to say Elton John was the biggest the way, surprise. Right? Yeah. He did what uh, Turk Kennedy designed a shirt for us. I haven't got it printed yet, but it said from Stanley to Stones, and it was like Ralph Stanley all the way to the Rollies. Oh, my gosh, like, it's the how truth. How country and how rock and roll can you get? We'll cover everything in between. So it's, it's been a huge challenge and super fun. So if you want to follow, I believe Monday night we are doing the songs of the amazing Patty Griffin. <gasps> Cousin uh, Patty! So that a fun, full show. Uh, Monday night. 6 p.m. Central Time on Sequestered Songwriters' Facebook page on the timeline. You'll just go, and, and I think it's on Facebook Watch now because we have started using a different software to push that show out so that it's one big, long video and you don't have to pop along from page to page. And then you can follow me on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash Courtney Patton Music. And on Twitter, I don't do Twitter anymore, but it's still there. Twitter and Instagram, it's at Court underscore Pat. Oh, yeah, follow me and we'll be friends. Come to the show tonight if it's not sold out. I have a I haven't heard. I know it was close, but well, safe safe travels to you. I love you. I love Jason. I love I love, you I love Jamie Lynn Wilson. I love all you guys down there, and I hope to be coming to Texas uh, this year. I've got one more vaccine to go, and a, and a couple of weeks after yeah. that, and then I'll feel. And I've had COVID, so I'm I'm feeling a little bit hopeful about this summer coming up, about getting back Good. out. And well, you've got a bed at my house anytime you want. I appreciate that know. so much. Thank you so much for your time today, and uh, thanks for. Everybody, this is Courtney Patton, and we love her. She's at Knuckleheads tonight, and uh, safe travels, hon. I'll see you later. All right. I'll talk to you later. All righty. Bye-bye. Miss Courtney Patton. I don't know what's going on here. I'm getting stirred up from the inside out. Because my arms were meant to hold things. And my voice was made. 
to sing and shout. 